Welcome to uh, Design, Build, Test, Repeat podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Bailey with my uh, host. I'm Mike Kiewikowski. And uh, we have an extra special super guest today here, Matthew Chris, a.k.a. Hondo, who uh, is a former Cantina employee who now works for the uh, city of Boston. Hi, everybody. So, well. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> Hello. So, should we use Hondo or... Matt or Matthew or what's gonna what's gonna piss you off the least? I have to stick with the branding, so you have to keep with Hondo. Yeah, yeah. it's an entire thing now. All right, <laughs> I keep trying to get the trademark so I can win the domain. Yeah, and the loser who has Twitter.com/slash Hondo, the the murky waters of who actually owns names. Man, yeah, yeah. 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 I'd yeah. be that guy. I remember um, it's like a long protracted process. Actually, a uh, place I used to work petitioned for the um, transfer of a Twitter account and. Like, that's one of the darkest corners of Twitter you can possibly go into. I, I have tried a few times. Yeah. All right. Because whoever has it hasn't used it in a very long time, and um, they won't give it to me. Mm-hmm. It's well, very sad. So if anyone at Twitter is listening, uh, I'll add it to my laundry list of complaints. <laughs> I'd rather they fix their abuse problems first. Yeah, you know. You know. One's an easy win. True. I mean, giving me the name would be far easier, but I'll, I'll let them devote their resources to where it really matters. That's, that's awfully big of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, speaking of community, so Boston, boston.gov is a website. Yeah, we have a thing. A thing? Yeah, we have a thing. And um, people use it mm-hmm. to go and uh, figure out how to live in the city of Boston or work in the city of Boston or work with the city of Boston. Or do business in the city. Uh, it's, it's quite nice. Yeah. So you go to a, a resource on the internet to learn how to do things? Yeah. It's a, I believe it's called a universal resource locator. Oh, wow. What a fascinating idea. Yes. It's fantastic. And Boston.gov happens to be one of those. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Uh, it's brand new, uh, fully responsive. Uh, we just launched it, uh, the new version, uh, back on July 20th. So... I'll let someone go to Wolfram Alpha and do the do the math. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, congrats on the launch. Uh, it it you know I, I remember looking at the uh, the pilot program that they were doing, um, which I totally want to grill you on. <laughs> but um, like watching the switch get flipped was really cool. Um, it's you know government websites are notoriously obtuse, and this was a really refreshing kind of flip the script on. All the things you'd expect from a government website. Yeah, so our primary focus is on creating a, a site that uses plain language, which has been challenging within the city uh, to get various departments to kind of s- sign on to that. Most of the departments have been really good about being able to have their content rewritten in a way that was very universally friendly. So I believe we went from like a high school level or maybe even a college reading level down to the targets in eighth eighth grade reading level. Yeah, that's that's about newspaper level, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, and our content writer basically uh, pulled off a very Herculean task of basically moving from a million words on the old website uh, and essentially rewriting let's say 75% of that within a fairly short amount of time, 
while not everything is down to the reading level that we would like it to be, you did quite a fantastic job. Yeah, that is no insignificant feat. Have you had any sort of feedback yet about sort of the, the content refresh, either internally or externally? The feedback's been generally positive. Externally, it's mostly positive. Internally, we you know we still have a couple of departments that are adjusting to the desire to have the more plain language content. Uh, a lot of that has to deal with like regulations, more the legal side of, of the city, so ordinances and, and things like that. As a constituent, you may, when you go to the website, you're looking to see if you can use your grill on a deck or patio or, or wherever you may want to use your grill. Right now, it's still kind of convoluted as to whether or not you can do that, where we would like to be able to basically say, this is where you can use your grill, this is where you can't use your grill, end of end of story. Yeah. If, or if you want more information, go read the ordinance somewhere. So what, what is the city going to deploy the uh, drones with a fire extinguisher for people that grill on their decks? Is that coming soon? or I, I haven't heard of that one yet. <laughs> we do have drone guidelines on the site, <laughs> but I don't think that we have any actual... Uh, drone programs going on in the city, but I may just not know about them yet. Yeah, well, Marty Walsh, if you're listening, you know, Cantina is pretty good at this whole connected devices that do things thing. So I've heard. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, like, as a designer developer, how or what's your role in kind of enforcing these new kind of guidelines for simplicity and directness? Um, Like, how does that impact your day-to-day and you know, is it something you enjoy doing or is it kind of like a, do you have to be the, the simplicity police? From a content perspective, we actually have it set up so that our, we have one content editor within our digital team who basically approves the vast majority of the content that gets published. Mm-hmm. He's more of the, the simplicity police. If it comes up on our end, we all kind of point it out, but he's actually the one that would make that change. Yeah. Interesting. My role is more in enforcing the stylistic view of things as well as uh, the accessibility view on things. Man. That would be my job. Yeah. So, I mean, government sites, much like, you know, we were talking about in the last podcast with educational sites, are also beholden to uh, Section 508, Section 504, and a couple others. So what's it been like to kind of oversee the accessibility you know, across the site. So we have a goal of hitting, of essentially having no errors at AA compliance level. Mm-hmm. And we are, I would say that we're, we've met that. Uh, we are currently striving to hit the AAA level, <clears throat> which we know that we're never going to do, but uh, we've, as part of the development process that, you know, so I joined the project maybe midway through. And since I've joined, like we've implemented into the development process using tools like Pally yep. and the Pally dashboard as to sort of maintain the code base. But like, for example, yesterday, the team went to the Carroll Center for the Blind sat with them out there for an hour yesterday. Uh, when they returned, um, we had gotten some feedback about the site, and so we pretty quickly made the changes, and we'll be deploying those fixes later this evening. That's fantastic. So our first two releases 
for Boston.gov after the launch were accessibility focused. So tweaking title tags, removing title tags in, in some instances. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we will sort of have to take on in the future is we've, as many people do, have styled all of our heading tags. So if you want to have a specific heading style, you have to use what is probably an incorrect H tag. So we're going to be adopting the pantsuit model (laughs) and divorcing the stylistic presentation of heading tags from the actual code. Pantsuit, by the way, is uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, new front-end guidelines, and they are fantastic. We'll link to them in the show notes. Yeah, so we're slowly working on our own uh, on our own sort of pattern library, and we were debating earlier what fancy names we can come up with when we get it done. So what are you throwing I, your way behind? I'm not throwing my way behind anything right now. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you'll do well in politics. <laughs> we have to, you know, it's been six months at City Hall, and I'm already starting to hedge my bets. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you don't mind, like, go into a little bit more detail about what's it like working for government, and what's it like working for, like, you know, the government of a major city of the United States? Surprisingly, the working for the government has been a lot more efficient than I thought it would be. Uh, and it could just be that the you know so we have a we have a we're a small team within the city uh, called the digital team. The chief digital officer, Lauren Lockwood, is the head of that, and then you know we have eight or nine people as part of the team, and so we're a pretty nimble group. The just generally working for the city has been I don't know it's been surprisingly different than I expected in a in a really good way. That's great, you know. Mostly people are supportive of the of what we're trying to accomplish with the site. And we're also trying to bring that to other aspects of the city. So anytime something gets built, like does it meet sort of our guidelines for accessibility, content, you know, style guides. So it seems to be doing really well. Yeah, I was gonna ask since you are sort of like a kind of an autonomous team, how much reach do you have like laterally across the the government's because you know i'm assuming their government is very siloed and very kind of each department has its own you know idiosyncrasies like how do you interface with them usually so the city of boston is i guess pretty well integrated between departments i mean yes their each department has their own uh ways of doing things but we as the digital team interface with all of them and do a pretty good job of, of pulling everyone together cool i have kind of taken all of your time. So, Mike, I'm, I'm putting you in the game. Was there a question? Do you have any questions? I've got a bunch of questions for Hondo. So, do you know what the estimated population of Boston is? I mean, we can find it online, but do you know off the top of your head? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, we'll scratch this too. So, you joined the team in, was it February or March? Yeah, it was in March. And then the site went live in July. That's less than four months. Like, what was your work weeks like? I mean, what kind of pace? Was that just pure chaos for four months? Or was it like fairly organized and very efficient? So it was uh, very efficient. Uh, it wasn't until the last couple of weeks that we actually found ourselves working longer hours. We had a development partner 
that was building the site with us, and they had started in, in November, and they were running the process through about uh, mid-May, and then from there on, we were our team was running the process, using them as, as resources, but the launch of the sites, I think, could not have gone any more smoothly, other than some mistaken redirects on launch day, but it was, it was actually, it was a very smooth process. And in, in fact, with all of the product launches that I've worked on previously, I, I put it, you know, pretty much near the top as far as its smoothness and, and, and ease of, of launch. That's great. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to add. That's fantastic. I'd like to add as an aside, um, actually, they were asking on launch day for you know, feedback and bug reports and uh, whoever was manning the, the booth there was that rare combination of responsive and polite and nice. And uh, it was it was a pleasure to uh, to actually kind of just be like, hey, you know, here's a thing I noticed. And they were like, thank you. And I was like, that normally, normally doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and actually we've, we've probably just made it through the vast majority of, of launch day sort of issues or, or bugs, not necessarily, um, you know, just general comments uh, uh, about, you know, various things on the site, but uh, actual, we're at, we're called, we call them broken windows. We've done a good job of, of keeping up with that from the development side. Cool. Now that the site is live, how are you pushing out to it? Are you, are you getting to deploy like every day or is it at the end of a sprint or do you have like a monthly release date? So we do releases every Thursday night. So, oh wow. Yeah, so Fridays are, we have two uh, product managers. One more thing of all of this is that three weeks after we launched boston.gov, we actually launched the internet for the city of Boston, mm -hmm. which is built off the same code base. So we have two product managers, one for the boston.gov and one for the internal site. And every Friday, um, they've groomed stories in GitHub issues. I go through and quickly estimate them. On Monday, we determine priority and build as much as we can between then and Thursday. And then on Thursday evening, we do a push to production. Oh, wow. So you're working in like a one-week sprint, basically. Yeah, it's um, we're we're just trying to move very quickly so that we just don't lose any momentum. Yeah, and how have you? Has that process been good? You sound positive. Yeah, no, it's been it's actually been really good. Whether you, I don't know if you believe in in story points or whatever. I really don't, but we do still estimate in, in points so that we just have some sort of idea of what an issue might take to get done. But we're probably doing twenty to thirty story or story points a week. And prior to the launch of the site, we were probably doing between about 80 to 90 every two weeks. Wow. Jeez. So. Yeah, that's that's efficient. Well, you know me. Yep. Yep. Very efficient Hondo. Miss, work, miss working with you, bud. I really, I really do try to, I really do strive for the least amount of process. And I find myself uh, leaving or canceling meetings or not necessarily canceling, but declining meetings. Wait, you can do that? Yes, you can. <laughs> this, this changes everything. Yeah, um, and right now we are we are a development team of one. So uh, is that is that just you? Yeah, right now it's just me. So after the middle of August, our development partner uh, their contract rolled off, and 
we had one other developer on on the team who has uh, she she moved back to uh, New York by way of Canada. Circuitous, but she did great work in, uh, leading up to the launch, but her, her lease ran out. So does that mean you're hiring? Are you looking for another developer or is it just you holding down the fort right now doing 30 sprint points a week? No, we are absolutely looking for uh, contract help to to help us augment the team until we figure out exactly Fantastic. exactly what we need. So, so the city has no plans well, for cloning you or... For folks that are listening, get in touch with us. We'll send you to Hondo and then we'll collect the recruiter's fee. Yeah, exactly. So, Perfect. You yeah. thought you were coming here to get interviewed, but this was really just a multi-level, <laughs> multi-level marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, Hondo. What, it was, what was it like going from consulting life to in-house and then immediately working with another consulting agency... So like having them roll off the project and then you're left to carry that forward so it sees the light of day. Is it, is it refreshing or as an ex-consultant, how did it make you feel? As far as going from uh, consulting to, to working for the city, it was actually quite relaxing and quite refreshing. It was uh, a great change of pace. It, it does move a little bit slower. And then being able to sort of work with another agency as a development partner uh, was, I guess, easier because I was able to kind of speak their language. And I knew all your tricks. But at the same time, I also understood exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would not say that they did not try to pull some, some tricks along the way. As I, I think every agency does on some level, uh, to some extent. Except for Cantina. <laughs> Except for, for Cantina. Cantina. <laughs> were there resources or deliverables at the end of the project that you were glad you had or there were or were there ones that you wish you had at the end of the project i guess the the best deliverable that we had was was the actual site itself because you know they did build a site within you know a very short time frame you know we went from design through the build and all of the content rewritten in about a year's time, which considering the magnitude of the site was a, a great feat. That's not to say that everything isn't perfect, but they definitely put together something that it, it has at least been quite easy to maintain. The site has not had any, had any issues staying up, which is good. There is definitely room for improvement on the code base, but you know every developer is going to say that there's room for improvement on the code base. So I always take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, and it's it's one of the, to me like it's one of those nice things about being in house is you're not going to roll off. You're going to be able to kind of put that time in, you know, provided your velocity ever slows down. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool to be able to kind of grow with it and grow it. Yeah, the, I hope the velocity never slows down. I just hope that maybe the the types of things that we start to focus on, you know, will will change. Right now, I think that we are in more of a reactive mode, and we are, I would say, transitioning into more of a proactive mode. Um, and we're kind of in the middle in that middle ground right now. Mm. Uh, the one deliverable that I wish they had given us uh, would be. Uh, more well thought out pattern library. They did 
put together a, a style guide of sorts, but no one used it and it's just kind of a kind of a mess. So we're we're basically starting from scratch and just sort of rebuilding um, some of the some of the patterns and components and stuff. Will that be open sourced when it's when it's ready? Yes. And if we are allowed to, we we're we're planning on open sourcing Boston.gov as a whole. Awesome. So I could run my own city website, provided I found a city and then right. clone the repository. Yeah, you first have to take over the city. Oh, not take over, just start my own, like... Sure. You know, in the Midwest where it's still... Yeah, there's totally micro-nations. Exactly. So you could, you could start your own city-state. Mm-hmm. Get some plumbing. And take... Some... Right, and take the city of Austin code base. You'll just have to build your own theme on top of it. Your own styles. Yeah. Because the the brand is still going well, to be Well, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want any like copyright violation. Yeah, you don't want to do any of that. Just but but yes, that. you could if you wanted to. You can have your own Drupal install with all of the fun components that we have. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, being sensitive to time here, uh, I know you have to jet out and pick up your daughter. Just wanted to thank you for coming on and spending some time back at Drill Haunt. Is there anything you want to kind of bring up or discuss or mention before you? Make your leave? No, I don't think I really have anything else that we need to add. Where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at matthewchris.com or hondo.wtf. That one's my favorite. Yeah, dual identity. Dual identity, yes. For what it's worth, I actually really loved your um, post recently on Jobs to be Done and Personas. That was A+. Yeah, that actually made me feel like I should write more. I think you should. Yeah, I had spent some time reviewing some Personas... Uh, that that had run across my desk. They were made in like 2012, maybe 2011, and they in it there was there, there was one persona about a middle-aged woman who just wanted to lose weight. Cool. And so that's that, not terrible at all. That just got me started on uh, maybe I've always thought that personas were kind of off track. And that was just kind of proof of it. Yeah. So I, I, I just kind of felt like I needed to get back on the bandwagon of going down with the, uh, the, the UX design things that, that maybe we just don't need to worry about anymore. Yeah. It's a pretty good soapbox, in my opinion. All right. All well, right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't tell if Mike's dropped out or not. So uh, I'll just wrap this up. Again, Matt, thanks for coming in. You can find us online at dbtrfm. We'll be following up with show notes. You can find us on Twitter at uh, dbtrpodcast. You can find me at Eric W. Bailey and Mike at M. Kibikoski. Again, that'll be linked because good luck spelling that. And uh, Hondo, where can we find you? Uh, I'm just Matthew Christ pretty much everywhere. All right. Until that sweet ad Hondo finally lands. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks again, Matt, for coming in. Thank you.